Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hello, hello, and welcome to May 1st, the first day this year that hasn't been April, thank God. All righty. Well, that's not true. January and February and March were all days that hadn't been April. Um, so I started out with a uh, misstatement, so I'll bring in my sister. Uh, I don't know. That didn't even make sense. I'll bring in my sister who does let her do misstatements. Hello, Susan. Hi. Well, let her do what? <laughs> Never mind. It was a... A hopeless introduction to uh, a show that I'm sure can only go up from here. Uh, oh, great. Yeah, welcome. So, uh, Stormy Daniels sued the president uh, yesterday. Yeah. And she's coming to Pittsburgh tomorrow. Cool. Yeah, she's going to be at Blush, which is, you know, one of those so-called gentlemen's clubs. <laughs> going to be a blush right here downtown a few blocks from where i'm sitting wednesday and thursday night two shows a night folks and there's still tickets and uh man those seats are cheap do you know what you know what they cost for a uh what? for a, like a right in front of the of the stage 40 bucks isn't that cheap yeah yeah you would think she'd command for more trump for Trump, for Stormy Daniels. Oh, Stormy Daniels. Yeah, no. The, listen, the president. I couldn't figure out what you were talking no, about. No, no, no. The president appearing at Blush, a gentleman's club, would be particular. I think they could sell tickets for uh, forty thousand dollars. I, I would think, at a strip club. Don't you think? Yeah. Well, it's sort of you know that's that's wonderful. It reminds me of. Uh, of uh, Michelle's opener, you know, let's, uh, as the porn star said to Trump, let's get this over with. <laughs> <laughs> that was her first. <laughs> that was her opening line. Yeah, yeah. That's good. I mean, I, I'm sorry. She's one of the funniest ever. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, Susan is, uh, is bringing. I think those two. I think, I well, you know, I, I think the, attor- the, the attorney just cracks me up. I mean, and, and, you know, and, and he's got him everything that he does, you know, he's I mean, he's just got Trump jumping on the ends of his strings like he's his little puppet. It's hysterical. I know. I know. That's credible. OK, so Michelle Wolf, since you uh, you brought her up, uh, still, you know, taking it on the chin, but not backing down. By the way, I should alert people that uh, she's on fresh air today. Terry Gross, NPR. And uh, the interview was done yesterday, and some of it has leaked. And so all the questions that you would want uh, Michelle Wolf to respond to are are asked, obviously. Um, on uh, well, of course they are. I mean, yeah. Terry Gross is doing the interview. And yeah, I you know I, well to, you know today's another day, and comedians are you know first of all stepping up and saying I hired a comedian and she she's you know she did a good job you know you got next year you know I think Seth Meyers said so hire a juggler. No, I yeah. think it was Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel said next year. Hire, Jimmy Kimmel said next year hire, hire a, a, jug, a juggler. juggler. It, it, the, what what bothers me about and I'm amazed that I'm the it's yeah I'm because I keep looking I guess I'm the only one no, that, you're that not. feels this way I just no, think you're that, not. that this is such an overwhelmingly misogynistic response to a woman doing what men have done for decades before her. And every year they whine and say, oh, that was rude. Oh, that was This year they've got to blow the whole thing up. And I'll tell you that it's two things. It's Trump, you know, being much more wily and smart than we think he is because he set her up. When he doesn't come back and respond, and 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 the evening doesn't end with the with the president taking off his gloves and letting them all have it, it's a totally different evening. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! I just you know, so first of all, he sets her up, and then the whole country, like a little boy at t-ball, just hits her off the tee and says, "Sayonara, you bitch." Wait a minute! I just—it's the most so misogynistic that. response I've ever seen. It's just so disgusting. You it's, can't she hear. was funny. She can't hear me. You can't hear I me. I can hear you. Yeah, I you, can hear you. Have you heard me trying to insert myself? 
No. Right. You can't hear me. So I'm just saying. Let me let's back up way back. Uh, you said that this there has been outrage after every comedian in recent history. I mean, Colbert took it on the chin. Uh, last yep. let Larry Wilmer took it on the chin. I mean, over and over and over, they have been said to be, uh, you know, over the top. Granted, they're said to be over the top whenever there's a Republican president. So That's right. Colbert, well, but but those are guys. Those are guys, and 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 they were subjected to the same kind of stuff that Michelle Wolf is getting. However, you're suggesting there is a miso- you know misogynistic aspect to it. Um, is something that other people are suggesting as as well. Um, I'm trying to look at a, a guy named, I don't know his name. He says, he says this, uh, what happened to Kathy Griffin now is happening to Michelle Wolf. Exactly. Um, at, oh, comedy writer uh, Neil Scoville. And he said, uh, the, the fact is, is that women, and, and she says it herself on Terry, one of the things that leaked out from Terry Gross's interview, Michelle Wolf says what you're saying in part. She says, um, I, um, if you've seen any of my comedy, you know that I don't, I don't pull punches. I'm not afraid to talk about things, and I don't think they expected that from me. I think they still, though, have preconceived notions of how women will present themselves, and I just don't fit in that box. And I think that's true, and that's what's true also of Kathy Griffin. If both of those were men, they would not be quite as subject to the level of hysteria that we're seeing. I, right. I, I would agree. There's also, Susan, a letter in today's New York Times from a woman, also named Suze, Susie Palmer, and she says, uh, I see we've already forgotten the New York Times uh, July 2017 headline predicting Trump on track to insult 650 people by the end of his first term. And uh, this woman goes on to say, sometimes, uh, you know, and, and that Trump obviously is, you know, does this constantly and in vulgar fashion on a regular basis. But she says, when a female comedian makes admittedly raw remarks about the president and members of his administration at an event that in recent years has relied on comedians as hosts, we cry, oh, too much. I can't help but wonder, would we be attacking the same words if they had been delivered by a man? So I think people are, yes, a lot of them are seeing that. Here's a guy who said um, she is to some extent being criticized because we don't expect a woman to be harsh. <laughs> After decades of always going after women for their appearance or gender, having a woman come after other wom- women in ways that were just about their job performance almost left people vexed. So That's she, right. I mean, they even mischaracterized right, the humor. Right, right. They, they, they claim that she was making fun of uh, Sarah Huckabee, whatever her name is, um, you know, eyeliner, uh, eyeshadow, but actually she said the perfect smoky eye. She was making fun of her lies. Yeah, that's right. She was the making... joke was about her lies. Right. The, here's the joke. She burns facts, and then she uses the ash to create a perfect smoky eye. That's not making fun of her eye makeup. It's, it's, it's alluding no. to it. It's alluding to it, but saying she gets that smoky-eyed look from the lies that she, she burns. Um, and, and here is, what's interesting is the, the, the level of animus came, that came at her from women 
reporters of some note. In other words, the New York Times White House reporter Maggie Haberman saying this, that the press secretary, Ms. Huckabee Sanders, that the press secretary sat and absorbed intense criticism of her physical appearance, her job performance, and so forth, instead of walking out on national television, was impressive. What? That's what... Just bull. It's just it's bull. It's just bull. And this is my problem with women, you know, who, who want to show that how, how fair and just like the guys they are, and so they kick a woman when she's down to show they can do it. Yeah. Matter I, of fact, they'll throw her down, and then they'll kick her. Here's Mika Brzezinski. Watching a yeah. wife and mother be humiliated on national television for her looks is deplorable. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Total mischaracterization. Hey, you know, we, we, let, I mean, you know, Mika, Mika should be careful about what she talks about being... You know. Well, Trump went after <laughs> her. Mika gives me trouble. Trump went after her. Oh, if you'll of recall, she's got blood coming out of her. Yeah, face and here and she is, sort of aghast and and leaping to his liar in chief's. Uh, you know, the person who he has appointed to lie to the press every day on his behalf. Um, I, it is it is stunning, and it it shows. It's it's pretty stunning. It shows what lap dogs so many in our the Washington press corps are, and how they're really confused about what their job is. In fact, uh, as I said yesterday, uh, the the comedian actually did their jobs better than they have. She spoke. Well, right. She spoke as, truth as to the power. The comedians have been doing for several yeah, years now. Right. She afflicted the 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 comfortable. Exactly. Um, oh, and here's a funny tweet I saw. from. Uh, she spoke truth to power. Truth. That's what they're supposed to be doing. That's right. So here's, here's a tweet I saw. It uh, came in yesterday. Wendy Williams just asked her audience if they agreed that Michelle Wolf's jokes were inappropriate. And when two white women clapped, she said, Then you're at the wrong show. Rachel Ray is downstairs. Think she's ever done that made me like her? <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's here's Dahlia Lithwick. Consider too that when the president made perfectly heartfelt and serious claims about assaulting women, about a federal judge whose parents were Mexican, and about abusing people following arrest, they were all defended later as jokes. When a comedian does avowedly comic material at a comedic event, it's deemed... For which she was hired to do political comedy. It is deemed serious. In other words, war is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength, and it's 1984. It's jo George Orwell would totally... Well, and totally nobody, nobody um, you know, even comments on the irony of everybody attacking... This, this comedian's First Amendment right at an evening celebrating the First Amendment. Right, right. She said, what? Right, exactly. It's really something. So there are, are, are more uh, calls to... Well, good, because I was getting lonely. And, well, and as I shared with you yesterday, I, um, I was engaging in my habit of commenting on the St. Louis newspaper uh, and... Um, and I commented on one of their columnist's articles about this, and, and which he, uh, first of all, called Michelle Wolf a 15-minute of famer, and, uh, and I, it, to which I took umbrage. I mean, just because this old fart doesn't know who she is doesn't mean that no one else does. Right. And and then you know went on to you know talk about her rudeness and her and and I just you know managed apparently to call him um, old, out of it, and misogynistic in one comment, and it was enough to make the columnist respond, which, uh, you know, in, in that world is a score. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know how you can stand doing that, but uh, whatever. Well, I, I explained to him why he rated that more clearly, and and then he realized he shouldn't have responded. So Dana Milbank uh, in the Washington Post today suggests that um, that the dinner not be canceled but be uh, rejiggered, hold it on May 3rd, uh, which is World Press Freedom Day, um, and honor the journalists that have been, that have given their lives uh, all over the world. Nine journalists were killed in uh, Afghanistan yesterday. I read, I read the story of just one a 40, I think, 43-year-old uh, photographer, an amazing, yeah, amazing yeah. guy, amazing guy, uh, who was the... Supporting six blind family six members. Six blind I mean. family members. There's some genetic condition. He escapes. His own son is blind. His, his, um, he then becomes a photographer, which is amazing. And yeah. And really cared about uh, the people he, he met and, and, and uh, really trying to, again, sh- uh, through his photography, show truth to power and was constantly being begged by his mother and everybody else, please get out of there. It's so dangerous. And he now uh, dead. These are, there are reporters right now in the world who are in jail who are um, who are dead? There was a woman reporter blown up in uh, where was that in like uh, Cyprus recently? I might have that slightly wrong. Um, there was uh, another a journalist killed in in in, uh, in Syria. On and on and on and on and on. And um, why not do if instead of the glitzy. BS crapola that this thing has turned into, how about honoring their dead compatriots and sort of reminding themselves of the courage it should take, that should be a prerequisite for being a journalist. Um, And he goes on to say this, media companies, instead of hosting glitzy parties, could take the money and make contributions to funds for groups that protect the free press. And they could pledge to devote more airtime uh, to exposing abuses of press freedoms here and abroad. Um, maybe Trump would boycott and ridicule such an event. Fine. But then it would be clear to everyone exactly where he stands and where we, the media, do as well. Yeah. But it won't be as much fun as showing up at a place where all the, you know, the power brokers are. And I mean, they they created this event. I don't know how they are wringing their hands now. I mean, they, they. (laughs) Unbelievable. You know, I I just, I don't get the whole thing. I think they, I mean, especially the, the person that hired Michelle Wolf and then pretends like she didn't know what she was doing. So I, I yesterday made the point that I thought the the Toronto uh, mass murderer um, was a terrorist, and the terrorism was aimed at women by virtue of his own posts on on, on Facebook, and that we have learned yeah. that he's one of these things called an incel, an involuntary celibate, and that. Uh, well, here there's somebody in the um, a senior lecturer in criminology um, has has written a piece about uh, about this, and he says these people that like this killer who identify with the incel movement have a pathological obsession with sex and women, and then an accompanying self-pitying perception that somehow everybody else is having sex so that they crave women, but they also revile women for what they believe is their selective promiscuity. In other words, doing it with everybody but, but them. And uh, 
he goes on to say, this is, it, it's interesting, he, he sort of correlates this incel movement with a jihadist in that. The core emotion that animates these incels is sexual shame. And they are resentful of the, success, uh, the sexual successes of, of others. And that is not, un stop and think about, you know, when we first really learned about jihadists. Remember the thing that blew us away? That these young men did this because they would be rewarded in heaven with 72 virgins remember to have yeah. sex with and they were coming from a culture in which their sexuality and women's sexuality as well is very much proscribed and um, that many of them and, and after after 9-11 we forget but people like uh, Richard Dawkins uh, pointed out that these guys were testosterone sodden young men who might be desperate enough to go for 72 virgins in the next world. And Christopher Hitchens picked up on it and wrote that the jihadist problem is not so much that they desire virgins, is that they are vir virgins. And they can't get married, they can't have sex, and so they act out, they blow things up. And here is another professor who looks into this stuff saying, nothing is more intimate than sexuality and no greater humiliation can be experienced than failure over one, what one perceives to be one's sexual role. Uh, such failures can lead to public violence, which is done to cancel out the feelings of shame and to reassert the claim to manhood. So this guy in Toronto posts that he's doing this, you know, to launch an incel rebellion, takes his car and mows down, kills eight women, injures others, and collateral damage a few males. But he was targeting women. This is said not to be a terrorist attack. I think he made very clear it was. And that he, in fact, well, belongs, he he belongs to a group. There is a defined group that that preach this kind of action and a group that now has raised him up as a great hero. Well, how is that not terror? The only women that targeted are targeted that men aren't terrorized and therefore it doesn't count. Well, you said it. You said it. Wow. We're ta what are we talking about here? Violence against women, misogyny, all of this kind of stuff, just mind-blowing. Let's remind ourselves of a good marriage. I saw an obit in the New York Times today that blew me away. Anytime you see that, there, on the top of the page it said Judith Lieber, and then on the bottom half of the page it said Gerson Lieber, and I thought, oh my God, a murder Don't you always think murder-suicide? Yeah. Yeah. Not. He dropped dead at their house, 96 years old. Two hours later, she dropped dead, 97. They'd been married for Aww. 72 years, died within two hours of each other, both of heart attacks, and were buried together yesterday. Um, both famous. She famous for her handbags. Susan. I thought that's who, I know who Judith yeah, is. Yeah, the handbag oh, designer. they're beautiful, her handbags. They're, they're, they're thousands of dollars worth of beautiful, her handbags. Well, they, they, are, they are in the Metropolitan Museum of Art, the Smithsonian yeah, Institution. Yeah, they're teeny little evening bags. Jewel they're teeny little e evening bags that she often does on a custom basis because she's done them for, actually, uh, the late Barbara Bush, uh, uh carried one at her husband's inauguration, and she also gave one to uh, Mikhail Gorbachev's uh, wife. Uh, Nancy, Reagan, Nancy Reagan had them. Hillary Clinton had one that was modeled after Socks, the family cat. 
Right. <laughs> and Greta Garbo, and this is how long she goes back, Greta Garbo carried uh, Lieber bags. Queen Elizabeth has had a Lieber bag. Um, she survived the Holocaust um, in Hungary by virtue of her skill as a seamstress and skills with a needle in that she was uh, spared uh, death so she could sew Nazi uniforms. And that's how she made it out alive. And she made, uh, met her husband when he showed up with the uh, victorious uh, U.S. Uh, Army. And they fell in love, and he brought her back to New York. He also has work in the Metropolitan Museum of Art. He's a, uh, a, a painter. And so, wow, he died, she died. Isn't that wonderful, though? Yeah, it is wonderful. I mean... I frequently drooled over her bags. Never. Well, no, you can't afford them. It says in the obit that some women collected them, and at more than a thousand dollars a pop. Can you imagine? Jeez. No, I. Yeah, she has some cheaper ones that are, you know, like in the like only a... eight or nine hundred dollar <laughs> oh, okay. range, but it's still against my rules. <laughs> God Almighty. Okay. Um, I, I wanted to share this with everybody. Susan, you might have seen that the um, the editorial in yesterday's, I think it was yesterday's New York, no, it was Sunday's New York Times, to um, Justice Kennedy on the Supreme Court. It is an open letter to Justice Kennedy that is takes up half a page. And, oh, man, it shows what perilous times we're uh, living in because it's just flat out begging him not to retire and saying we're really sorry we know you're an old man and you've done a lot of good work and you'd like a few years to yourself but please God don't do it um, and I'll just read one <laughs> you've got to wonder how he reacted as he read it. They, they, they go, at this point, they say, to put it bluntly, did you spend a lifetime honoring and upholding the Constitution and the values of civility and decency in American public life only to have your replacement chosen by Donald Trump? Do you want to give your seat to a president whose campaign and administration are under criminal investigation? Uh, I think that isn't fair. If those people don't think that, he, you think he hasn't thought of all this stuff? They're putting pressure on him. Who's closest? his life. A president with so little regard for an understanding of the rule of law, blah, blah, blah. Um, if Trump gets a chance to fill your seat, it will be the most conservative court in nearly a century. The American people are desperate, blah, blah, blah. Um, well, they also tell him, you know, your, your record is more conservative than, than liberal. But it's a conservatism that, <laughs> unlike the, what passes for conservatism now, is, 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 is based on, you know, uh, principles and, and, and fact. Um, I don't. Well, the Times has every right to. Uh, yeah, they do. To use their bullets. They do. Pocket. I just think that um, they aren't going to say anything to him that isn't that he isn't. If he's thinking this way, then he's having all these thoughts all by himself. I'm sure it's nice for him to know that other people feel that way. Well, he's but apparently it's, it's, let. It's, he, it has it has an extraordinarily selfish ring to it. It turns out, I mean, he has apparently told people that he intends to resign next year. And um, so the Republicans, uh, the conservatives are licking their chops. They'll own the Supreme Court for the rest of my life. Yeah. 
Well, do you know the damage that can be done? I mean, you oh, yeah. you know, you ask oh, yeah. a soldier yeah. to give their you ask a soldier to give their life for their country. I don't know if Kennedy served his country in that capacity, but you got Ruth Bader Ginsburg, older than he, vowing to hang in, and in less good health than he in some ways. I mean, she's battled bad cancers back more than once. Um, I don't think it's too much to ask of anybody who is in a position. It's not like he's a flaming liberal, in fact, not at all. He's just a decent man. Yeah, I I, I got all of that. I mean, I can see appealing to his patriotism. God, Lord. All right, so did you see the leaked questions that... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, oh, my God, what a surprise. I'm so surprised about each and every one of those categories, aren't you? Yeah, there is no, there are no I mean, surprises that, that's, here. That's one of those leaks that uh, I could have made up that list. So could you. Well, it wasn't made up. It is really the list. Um, no, I know it's the list. I'm just saying, that, of course, those are the questions. But what's interesting in reading it, is imagining Trump's responses. Trying because, to answer them. What well, was in your mind? Imagine asking Trump what, what was, was in your mind. mind. You know, and then have to add in six months ago. I mean, I can, I can tell you what all the answers are, too. I don't know. Well, I have I to know. tell Yes, but one presented, like, one question, like, what was the purpose of your... May 12th, 2017 tweet, which presupposes that there was only one tweet on May 12th, 2017. I, but then they explain which particular tweet it was. The tweet was, James Comey better hope there are no tapes of our conversations before he starts, le <laughs> before he starts leaking to the press. Okay, so I like that one. He can't say I don't remember. What was the per what did you mean by that? He's got to answer that. So, um, yeah, and what did it mean when you told the Russians that firing Comey had taken the pressure off? No, I mean they are funny. And then you understand that depending on what he says, then uh, there's another. I mean, th this is the trunk of the tree out of which the branches grow in each of these cases. Well, that's right. I mean, so whatever. And you have to figure that in some of the questions that uh, he wants to pose, that he already has um, responses to these questions from other participants, Right. And right. So, right. So, yeah. If he is the last person interviewed, and everybody else has already been deposed, right? Then he's got to make sure that his answers are. Yeah. He's got to figure out whether they're lying or telling the truth, <laughs> and right. if they lied, how they lied, and right. whether he's going to lie or tell the truth. And by the way, what is the truth? And by the way, the chances are is he doesn't know. And, and so questions like, when did you become aware of the Trump Tower meeting? Okay, um, yeah, that question has already been asked of everybody at that meeting. And right. a lot of people, and then also, what involvement did you have in the communication strategy, including the release of Donald Trump Jr.'s emails, you know, the, when they huddled right. on the plane coming back? Well, all of the other parties have been deposed. Right. So so what's going to happen? He is not going to agree uh, to this uh, because he will, I mean, it would be the end. But so does Mueller do what uh, Ken Starr did to Clinton? Does he subpoena him to appear before a grand jury? Yeah. I think so, too. Wow. I mean, let's put it this way. There's precedent. I believe so. There was a real witch hunt going on then. You can't do it because yeah. they did it. Yeah. Remember that witch hunt? 
went on for four years. Remember that? And why is it a witch hunt, by the way, unless he's a witch? <laughs> oh, God. No. <laughs> Just, I'm, t- I'm tired of this. Okay, so let's talk about the very real possibility that Donald Trump, uh, well, it's going to happen, will be nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. Well, I know. I mean, how the, excuse, me, excuse my French, but how the fuck did that happen? Well, I mean, I, can, I have Are to tell you. Are they just doing it to, to irritate us? No, no, because let's say some measure of um, calm uh, descends upon the Korean Peninsula. Yeah, that uh, would be wonderful. It, yes, it would be wonderful, and it could be argued whether we know it's true or not. If we could free all those people in North Korea, that wouldn't that would be wonderful. Well, that's not going to happen. But if we could tamp down, I mean, like what? A few months ago, we were worried that we were going to be in a nuclear war with North Korea, and now you've got the by the way, very savvy politician Kim Jong Un totally reinventing himself and and selling himself to a more than willing global public right as a perfectly yeah. reasonable says, I, I grew up now i've decided <laughs> now that i got my nukes i feel safe and so now i'm venturing out onto the world stage and i'm going to be warm and cuddly and laugh and tell jokes and blah 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 and just look wonderful and, um, I mean, if in any way Trump's belligerence actually scared this guy <laughs> enough that he thought, uh, maybe I better look like I'm uh, ready to make peace. Because, I mean, I, no one who's dealt with the, um, the Kim uh, dynasty uh, trusts uh, any promise they make because every – there have been peace treaties signed before. There have been agreements and tre- you know signed before. Well, I mean, and lest all. we forget, he killed his own brother a couple of days ago and disappeared his uncle of three days before that. Well, he didn't and, disappear I mean, him. You know what he did? He had him blown up with a missile or something. <laughs> he like he he put somebody he in a. He, fi- did, he, he watched too many 1950s movies. No, he put somebody. He like sticks them in a field. He makes all the other generals watch what could happen to them if he, and and, and like they fire a missile at him or something. Actually, it'd be a pretty quick way to go. It's better than torture. I don't know. Um, yeah, and and let's not forget that uh, you know a sizable percentage of his population is essentially living in concentration camps, eating bark off of trees. Uh, but other than that, he's a jolly fellow. <laughs> but Susan, I am serious. I, if I were uh, not the partisan that I am, I could, if this does result in a definite lessening of tensions over there, I could. I mean, the South Koreans are already feeling better, right? I could make the case. That Trump is... Oh, you could make the case for the Peace Prize. You absolutely could. I mean, hell, Obama got it before he, just for getting elected. I just want to say that you could make a better case than whatever the hell that was that Obama got it for. Right? Right. right? Uh, he hadn't done anything. He no. literally just got elected. And I'm sure he was proud of it, but embarrassed, as he should have been. Yeah. There was no reason for Obama at that point to get the Nobel Peace Prize. None. I remember I was so stunned by it, but <laughs> I still am stunned by it. Yeah, didn't make any sense. No, there is more reason no, for no, Trump. No, I mean, if, you know, just it's saying. like, didn't Nixon get one for China? Uh, Nixon and Kissinger, yes, for opening up China. Yeah. Kissinger. I, 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 <laughs> Excuse yeah. me, Kissinger. And you know something? Yeah. If I don't care, if, if you know... Please God, let the guy do things. Do some things good. That would. That's great. If everything is not a disaster, that's great. I'm. St- I hope it doesn't make too many people. I don't think it'll change too many minds. I think you know the people that like him were always like him, and the people who have awakened have awakened. You know, I. Yeah. I don't see it changing anything here politically. And, and, I, and I don't know what that means, by the way, because I wouldn't have thought he was elected the first time. So, you know. 
Well, I keep reading stuff arguing that he, you know, Democrats, as usual, uh, are just assuming that they're going to win. They're going to win. And that's what they is. How can you assume, how can any Democrat assume that after what's happened? And they are. We're assuming it. Well, I'm going to include myself. Read some of the blogs that sprung up, you know, after after Trump was elected, and it's you know it's just the left talking to the left like the right talks to the right, and 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 having a good time saying bad things about anybody that doesn't disagree with them, and it's it's it really agree. unpleasant to read. Yeah. But uh, you know, honestly, if that's all, if that's if that's what they're going to do, here's what's going to happen. Nothing. We're going to have exactly more of what we had. No one's put together a platform. No one's talking about what we stand for. We only know what we hate. We have no idea what we want. Yep, couldn't have and said it. nobody is putting forth anything that resembles any kind of platform which should be in the works now. We should be selling it now. When do they think the, the midterms are? I'm hearing, you know, we're just, we're just running against Trump. And, and, you know, I, it, it's not smart. It's not smart. It's not smart. It's not smart. And let me just say, if he doesn't end up resigning or impeached or in jail or God knows what, um, yeah, he could get reelected. I'm just saying. I doubt it, but he could. We have a call. Hello, caller? Uh, hello. Hello. Um, yeah, I I was calling about the Nobel Prize thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't. What I don't get in this is, what exactly are they claiming he did? Well, that, that he, he scared. He scared. over mm -hmm. Twitter. He scared Kim Jong. And that's what he, he's getting. The. He's not getting he's anything. He's getting a Nobel Prize for sending threatening tweets. Yeah. Well, for, no. He also sent his secretary of. Okay, the new guy. over, and he's going to he meet well, with they him. They had secret talks, at the end of which Kim Jong-un was scared into peace. That's you don't know. That would be I mean, claim, don't you think? I'm, I'm just... I mean, you, as far as I know, the peace was brought about by the South Korean and the North Korean leaders. We have absolutely no idea whatsoever that Trump did anything. Ah, uh, he might have flushed the guy believe. out. That's all I'm saying. He might have flushed the guy he out. Have, I don't... Yeah, he might... Well, no reason to believe that that's the case. Okay, I am just saying that a case could be made, and it could be a stronger case than uh, Barack Obama's Nobel, which, I, if well, you can tell me... Yeah, it's stronger than that. But well... But it comes down to like, well, a visit in which we have no idea what happened. That's right. Tweet. That's right. It's just now that's being... Series of that's true. Tweets. Yeah, okay, we're not disagreeing. Well, maybe we just think that the, whoever is in the presidential office gets the Nobel Peace Prize if peace breaks out unexpectedly anywhere in the world. I think, once again, we're being sucked in by, like, Fox News, like, and these ridiculous things that they say. Uh, what the hell is this guy? <laughs> I mean, he's spread terror all through his own country, is not taking in refugees from all over the world, and yet somehow he's deserving of the Nobel Peace Prize? Well, I know it's a joke. But it could happen. It won't happen because, yeah, because no, because the Swedish Academy will never do it. Would never. Yeah, I don't think they're going to give it. But the, I wanted to comment on the other thing you're saying about the midterms. Is that I'm yeah. behind on the stream? But like, so we've been to a bunch. I finally thought that all this local stuff was going to take some precedence. Boy, that's a ridiculous thing because we keep showing up at these local campaign events, and we're the only ones there. <laughs> Uh, for, uh, like and even on the ballot, like the the things where you can go online, there's a guy running for um against uh, Ravenstall, um the he's okay. the, the state legislature. State legislature, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Nobody shows up at his campaign events except for us. And I look at on these online ballot things, and that race isn't even on. It's like you know, what's the ballot you're going to face when you go to vote? And that race between those two guys isn't even on there. <laughs> well, so it's like it's not covered at any level. Not even the League of Women Voters is covering the race. <laughs> amazing. Huh? So yeah, I, I I share your fear that like there's a bunch of people that show up for rallies and then absolutely nothing else. Uh, like they don't show up for any of the boring stuff to do the stuff that's boring. <laughs> which is how which is how you build a party. Which is right. how races yeah. are run. Right. You know. Uh, you I won. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I keep thinking that we needed to make these changes here so we don't end up with the goofy candidates like uh, whoever that was that ran for Senate. Uh, <laughs> that the horrible Senate candidate. Oh, Katie <laughs> McGinty. No, we're talking about you know, yeah, Pennsylvania. Katie oh, God. but yeah. she was who the Democratic Party wanted when we had a perfectly good exactly. candidate in Joe Sestak. That's, it's beyond belief. One of these things over the weekend was to elect the new people for the you know for the local machine office, and nobody shows up. So that's the kind of people you need to change to get rid of Katie McGinty. That's right. And yeah. no one gives a crap as usual. Okay. Like, we'll be back. I think you're right. We're going to be back there again in uh, late November of 2016. Hey. Anyway, All right. I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're <laughs> yeah, wrong, too. I hope too. you're wrong, too, but okay. thank you for for showing up. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. All right. All right. Bye. 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 You, too. Bye. Okay, I have some good news. Though. Jeez. I have some good news. It, it, it's just good. Okay. It's good for a second, and then, you know, the replacement will show up and be worse. But the the head of ICE has resigned. Oh, yeah. I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. He has resigned. And um, this guy was just evil incarnate. I mean, he, as you know, I mean, he's the one who's just happily. He did seem to take particular pleasure. Separating you don't babies make up the kind from of their mothers. If without, if it... Oh, it's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. But so anyway, he's going to be, they'll come up with some other, uh, you know, some other Nazi, I don't know. But but anyway, he's he's out. Uh, what else do I have here? Um, oh, have you heard about the poor kid and her prom dress? No. No. <laughs> oh, what times we live in! Some kid in Salt Lake City was looking for a prom dress and she found something that she thought was so beautiful and what it was was uh one of those i I, it's called a it has a name it's uh it's a traditional chinese dress you know one of those really high collar tight real tight fitting with a slit right with oh yeah don't tell me she got called out for cultural appropriation uh big time Oh damn! And it was by a guy. She posted a picture of herself in her dress, and all hell broke loose on this kid. A man named, here's the guy who should get slammed on Twitter, a man named Jeremy Lamb, L-A-M, went after her. My culture is not your prom dress. I am proud of my culture, including the extreme barriers marginalized people within that culture have had to overcome for it simply to be subject to American consumerism and cater to a white audience is parallel to colonial ideology. And then other people pile on. This is not okay, another one says. I wouldn't wear traditional Korean, Japanese, or any other traditional dress, and I'm Asian. I wouldn't wear traditional Irish or Swedish or Greek dress either. There's a lot of history behind these clothes. You don't don't wear it if you're not Chinese. It's not something to play dress up with. (laughs) Well, wait a minute. So are they wearing American clothes now? Yeah, but where did those come from? I don't know. You well, know China, what, but that's not the point. I mean, so I, at what at what point? I, this is ridiculous. So they need to only wear clothes their clothes that they would otherwise only be wearing in their own country. Then I don't know. It's or or that people who are not of that country or ethnic group are not allowed to wear. I'm trying to think. I mean, uh, I. I, I, I uh, if it's a beautiful dress, it's a beautiful dress. That's all she thought. It's a beautiful dress. I know. And and fashion has borrowed from other cultures forever, because it appreciates beauty, because it is in itself an art form, because that is just pure stupidity. That's all I have to say. I, I do want to say that a lot of people who identified themselves as Asians uh, defended her 
and here's one. I am a collector of, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, Chiangsams. That, that's the word for these dresses. With Chinese heritage, and I think it, it ridiculous other people are judging you. As Chinese, we are very proud and delighted to share our cultural fashions with anyone around the world. I love how you wear that dress with confidence. Good for her. Exactly. And a lot of, here's another from a guy named Fabian Yi. Good on you for wearing that dress. You look beautiful, and don't let them tell you that you have to be Asian to appreciate the dress. There are just too many trolls out there. Happy graduation. This is a kid who just turned 18 years old. Um, and now she has said, she has said this, this does give me a better sense of choice and being careful in what I say in posts and how it can be perceived. It has taught me to be extra cautious because you don't want people to see it the wrong way. And you know what? I want to say wrong, wrong. If you become just another person who is essentially afraid to speak because of these right. ultra-sensitive jerk-offs on the prowl now. Boy, talk about the First Amendment. Although she does say... Yeah, I mean, this is really ridiculous. And this cultural appropriation stuff. I mean, there, there are cases of, of that, you know, there are things that are really inappropriate. But yes. ad, being admiring of is not appropriating. You know what? Being admiring and imitative of is, is not, not appropriating. appropriating. It is saying, wow, I love this. I mean, it's like. I, Susan, I've said, am I supposed to... I mean, do to, they feel that way about cuisine? Am I not supposed to enjoy food of other cultures? Because a lot of restaurateurs want to make it clear that they don't feel that way. Susan, you mean you don't take offense when a non-Jew eats a bagel? I don't. I do take offense when they eat a blueberry bagel <laughs> or any kind of flavored or colored bagel. You may call that a round-boiled thing with flavoring and coloring. <laughs> a bagel doesn't have that shit. <laughs> we have a caller. Hang on. Hello, caller. Hey, Lynn. Hey. Hey, Lynn. Hey, hey Susan. It's Mike from D.C. Hi, Mike. Hey. So I think there's a correlation between Michelle Wolf and what that bully did on Twitter about the dress. Okay. Because Michelle Wolf was speaking truth to power. And that stupid guy thought he was speaking truth to power. But what he doesn't get is not everybody has power. And if you pick on somebody with less stature than you, that's not speaking truth to power. That's being a bully. That's right. And I think there are a lot of bullies out there that think because they think it, they have a right to say it, no matter who the person is, a kid, um, someone mentally deficient, I'm shocked that the woman who's speaking truth to power gets criticized, but the bully who picks on a high school kid, you know, gets a pass. It is. It's no, just... he, get, he gets he gets pats on the back. Oh, I'm sure he's <laughs> getting a lot of crap on Twitter. I I, I bet he is. I hope. Um, I hope. So. And, right. Right. Um, and. And I do want to say that despite the girl saying, you know, I'm going to be extra cautious in what I say. Uh, she also said, I'm definitely going to wear that dress again. <laughs> so I love that. Because <laughs> she loves it. And I'm always amazed at people like the bully who must really lead, lead charmed life. Right? That's all that guy has to do. Yeah. Is complain about an outfit a stranger wears. Yeah. Don't you have some other grievance with the world that needs more attention than what some high school kids have. Here, here. You know, the outrage. Yeah, apparently the, not. People That's just, more and more people now just live to be outraged. And it's easy to be outraged if, you, if, if this is kind of thing sets you off. Good God. 
Well, it's easy to be outraged to people beneath you in stature because there's nothing they can do about it. But to be outraged to power, speaking truth to power, is harder because they can do something to you. See, but he sees her white skin and he perceives her as because of that. She has power and he is marginalized because he is a Chinese-American. Unbelievable, really. She's still just a high school kid. Yeah, thank you. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's the reality of the situation. Hey. You also didn't mention the thing when Michelle Wolf called um, Huckleberry Miss Lydia, Aunt Lydia. Yes. Right. If you don't watch... I don't, I don't watch The Handmaid's, Handmaid's Tale. Tale, but I do understand that Aunt Lydia is a, a tool of the... Uh, of the power uh, there, and as a female, does their dirty work by sort of inculcating these poor women, She's right? She's the Nazi concentration yeah. camp commandant of the future. And I think that's yes. a perfect... I mean, if that's what that character is, Sarah Huckabee Sanders is doing exactly that. But if you have no sense of humor, and this has always been my thought about the Republican Party, is... They have no sense of humor, because in order to have a sense of humor, you have to both know the facts, and you have to be able to critically think about them, like, and be able to laugh at yourself, and they can't. They have no concept, in general, understanding what a joke is, and how it applies. And again, just with the same comment that I mentioned before, it's not funny if you're belittling someone under you. And she wasn't. She was speaking truth to power. That's right. That's right. right. She was taken on the powerful. That is not bullying. That's brave. She was very funny. I just want to repeat, she was very funny. And there are whole parts where it's hard to even look as you're watching. It's so funny because it's winsible humor, but every single bit of it is hysterical. And what does the word roast mean to these people? What did they think they were walking in? I know. Like they've never seen a roast? I know. They, you know what? It, it, and I, I really, ultimately, it's this stupid White House uh, Correspondents Association that is, uh, that is responsible for this. And they've got to stop it. they just got to flat out stop it. They either embrace it or they stop it. But they can't go wringing their hands. They've been, in, they've been insulting the current administration for 20 years. If they want to change the format, that's fine. Right. I personally would hate for them to do it right after Michelle Wolf. I would like to keep going one more year, yeah. but then we still got Trump and it still won't work because he won't do it. Yeah, I gotcha. All right, hey, He's Mike. too much of a wimp. Mike, thank you. I have another caller that I have to oh boy. get to. Thank you. <laughs> Always good to hear from you. Um, caller. Go ahead, please. Hello. Same. Hi, Lynn. What I want to say real quick is the same thing Trump won, reason he won, is why the Democrats will win, and it's voter anger, and that's what's going to happen this time. It's going to go against him. Yeah. So that's what's going to win the election. It ain't going to be whether platform. It's going to be voter anger and the turnout. That's what's going to win it. Well, that doesn't it's say, you know, on him. Well, you might be right. It but flipped on him. Yeah, yeah, but but all that. I don't know if say much about Democrats or what, but or, it's going to change. Okay, I, I, I hope you're right. I hear you. Yep, but I'm, the I know I'm right this time. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. I know I'm right. <laughs> well, I gotta I tell you. Right. Yeah, no, I think he. I suspect I, I he's right. I think it's really stupid to rely on not having to work and keeping people That's right. angry. I I I agree, but the anger is no way to run a nation. And citizens who only, all that will do is get us doing what we've been doing, going from a Barack Obama, and then rage gets us a Donald Trump, and then rage gets us somebody else, and then rage gets, I mean, it is really, um, it shows us to be uh, less than good at our job, which is the job of a citizen, right? And right. that's one of the things that is seriously lacking and I just want to say this before we run out of time because we only have a minute that I love the leak that um, that Chief of Staff John Kelly uh, regularly refers to Trump as an idiot um, <laughs> <laughs> he's, the, the exact quote is uh, and 
exact quote is, he doesn't even understand what DACA is. He's an idiot. And he has now said that this report is total BS, but, but you know, John, we know it's not. And um, We'd think more highly of you if yeah, it were not. Yeah, he's even said in a public you setting know? that he feels that he misses his last job, the head of uh, Homeland Security, and that he figures he's being punished by God for what he's doing now, for the job he's doing now. He ain't happy. He wants out, and I think he will be out because the minute you, you know, you know, ask the minute the moron stuff and they yeah, <laughs> ask Tillerson. And the idiot stuff yeah, comes yeah. out. Your your days are yeah. on the yeah. You're you're you know, and downside. he hasn't. It hasn't even been a year. Nobody lasts. Nobody, and no. Not only do people not last, but they do do not get out with their dignity. And with no, their good they, name. No, they don't. And, and what, how are they going to explain away, you know, that they were complicit in anything that this administration That's did? Right. I mean, it's, I don't see it. It's the lawyers that refuse to represent him are the only smart people that he's had around him for a long time because they, because they know. God, what a nightmare. <sighs> okay, guys, well, that's, that's, that's it, Susan, and I thank you for your... Your passion. Tra-la, it's May. Yes, and thank God for that. The lusty month of May. The autumn month when everyone goes blissfully astray. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. We, we don't want the Miller girls singing. Goodbye. It's time to do a reckless thing or two. All right, I'm out of here, I promise. I am, I am, I am. Goodbye. Go Pens. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.